Hey guys, and welcome to where the White Coats Come Off podcast. We are so happy you are here and to connect with you and help you on your journey to getting into PA school, getting through PA school, and having an epic career as a PA. Before we get started on today's episode, we want to drop in and help you with something that you are likely really struggling with getting shadowing hours. We hear all the time how difficult it is to get PA shadowing hours for program prereqs and to make your PA school application stand out. So we want you to know about our Pacers monthly membership. We have put together not only coaching intensive with us to make a specific part of your app more competitive, but weekly virtual PA shadowing hours with incredible PAs that you can put on your CASPA app so that you are a stronger candidate. We also have guest speakers, important topics to review as a pre-PA like medical terminology and anatomy physiology so that you are ready to rock out your first semester, coaching sessions and templates, and of course, shadowing hours. So get in and start making your applications stronger today. You can find the link in the show notes. Now on to today's episode. Well, Amber, it is so nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. To get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Hey, yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. Um, a little bit about me and my background. Let's see, I was born and raised outside of Boston, Massachusetts. So as a New Englander, we were steeped in history and traditions and that type of thing. I grew up going to museums in Boston and learning about Plymouth Rock and the Mayflower and all the other cool things that New England has to offer. But that's also for me where my nature-bonded connections really began. Um, My siblings and I would play outside and we would play in all types of weather. In the heat of the summer, we would put stink cabbage all around our fort so that the bad guys didn't come in. And then in the winter, we would build um, ice forts and snow forts and that type of thing. And it wasn't until I was a teenager that my family moved to North Carolina. And that's when I really began volunteering, learning about political campaigns. And my favorite part uh, was spending summers at my grandmother's beach house on a remote island off the coast of South Carolina. And that's where I started collecting fossils and got involved in dune revitalization and um, taking care of sea turtles and all kinds of awesome things like that. So um, that's a little bit about my early years. And then it wasn't really until high school and college that I began working in healthcare um, as a CNA and that type of thing. So that dates back, I'm revealing here, 20 years almost. <laughs> things combined to lead into the pursuit or my pursuit of the PA profession. And that's been ongoing about, uh, this is year 15 for me. So it's, it's been a wild ride. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. So, so many things have changed in the last, you know, 10, 15 years in this career. So it's interesting that you've kind of been there and kind of seen the change and then the PA profession is so much well more well-known than it was 15 years ago. <laughs> oh, for sure. And you're exactly right. You hit the nail on the head when you said so much has changed. I don't have nearly the experience that docs have who are seasoned and have been in for decades and decades, but just to see how rapidly things have changed in the last 15 years is really mind-boggling. Yeah, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see, too, you know, in the next five, ten years, uh, what else has changed. So can you please tell us a little bit just about, um, you know, why PA and then your experience in PA school, experience with the application process, and how that went for you? Um, Our listeners really love to hear about that. Sure. So for me, when I say um, why PA, I, of course, when I was starting out, I gave the classic answers of, I just want to help people, something of that nature. (laughs) But if I had to go back and answer it now, knowing what I do, I would say because of the flexibility to create really the life that I want. And I love problem solving and I love the knowledge and the resources there to problem solve. 
And oftentimes, I mean, you know how many patients we have that come in that have just been bounced around to different providers or have been lost for follow-up and they come in with a full-blown, I mean, you're really having to sift through to try to figure out what's going on. And I really love that, like a real-life puzzle. And then the other thing that's been really neat for me about YPA is networking within the community. In a physician and healthcare, there's opportunities to get involved, meet other people, really become a doer and a changer. Um, And so those are three big things for me, flexibility, knowledge, and networking. And what was your experience like in PA school? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So when I think about my experience in PA school, I don't know that I've met anybody who would say, that's amazing. I can't wait to do that again because it was freaking hard. (laughs) There was, when I think back over the, just the first didactic year, there was so much drama. Exams never stopped. And actually I was elected class president uh, for our class. And so perhaps that's why I felt more drama maybe than others did. But I also remember that during finals, of my very first semester, my grandfather died. And knowing that he was close to the end, I called him to say goodbye. And it was such a difficult conversation and a difficult time for me to try to figure out coping skills and that type of thing because the excuse policy or the excuse absence policy that my program have didn't apply to anyone outside of immediate family. So to figure out how to deal with that first time really away from my family. My family's in North Carolina. I went to PA school down in Florida. It was a tough thing for me, but I'm super thankful for my husband's main PA program at the same time. Granted, that had its own challenges, but in that situation, it was really helpful to have somebody there really walking by my side. But uh, let's see, what else can I say? Overall, PA school, the didactic phase was, I mean, really difficult in the sense that some professors seemed like they really were supporting us and supportive of us. And then others, it was just a, you know, questionable all the way around. But what I felt like was a golden experience and what I'm so thankful for were our rotations. Our program set us up with some absolutely incredible rotations. And those were critical for my success and the success of many others in my PA program as well, because that's where we were really thrown in and had a chance to test, grow, learn. Those hands-on skills are really, really just unparalleled. And that's where I met my very first ER crew because, funny story, when I went to PA school or when I was starting out, I was quite convinced that I wanted to go into women's health. And I did a rotation, and after the first day, I decided, double nope, I'm definitely not (laughs) going to do this. And ER, or emergency medicine, was the one um, rotation that I was really just worried about the most. And I walked into that rotation of emergency medicine on the first day, and I'm pretty sure I was wearing business professional with heels or something stupid (laughs) like that. And the first patient was a gunshot wound to the head. And somebody threw me a set of scrubs that were probably three sizes too big and said, go get changed when you're dressed appropriately. We'll go see the patient. (laughs) But from there out, I mean, that, that crew adopted me, took me under their wing, and every single person in the healthcare team taught me something on that rotation. I mean, janitors knew where to find stuff that nobody else knew, you know, where things were placed. Nurses taught you skills that you would never have learned from a doctor. And, of course, the doctors imparted the knowledge base and the calm, and they set the tone uh, for that whole team. And I was very fortunate to 
train with an ER team that had a number of incredibly skilled mid-levels who really were doing things that are unparalleled and you don't find many other places. And of course, times have changed and there's not as much of that allowed in certain settings now. But just to work with that group in that setting, I'm eternally grateful and, and emergency medicine became my first love for sure. Yeah. So one thing I want to point out to our listeners, um, I really loved your story and your journey through PA school is the first thing, one of the first things you said about, you know, your grandpa dying and you had to call him on the phone and you weren't allowed to be excused. I think it's it's really important to, to realize the sacrifices you have to make in PA school. And I think a lot of people, you know, aren't willing to make that sacrifice. And those are the ones that sort of self-select out of the PA application process and the PA schools because it does require a lot of sacrifice and here you are you know dealing with this family stuff and as you said it's finals week and you can't leave and you can't go and you're trying to learn all these coping skills and then you go to rotations and then you learn some more coping skills so um, I just really loved the fact that you shared that part of your journey with us because it really is a sacrifice to be able to create this amazing life and then the other thing I really loved what you said is you said something about how you love the flexibility of being able to create the life you want. And I think that's really, really so important because we are blessed in this profession that we can kind of create our lives around it. It's very flexible, as most people know. Um, and to kind of segue into that, you have used this profession um, as a way to still maintain your passions, things that you're passionate about, such as traveling. Uh, I know you have a family and you're kind of able to balance all that. So will you tell our listeners a little bit about how you were able to kind of um, do some work-life balance and still allow yourself to travel internationally with your family? Sure. You're so funny when you say balance it because I'm pretty sure I feel like I'm pivoting every single day trying to maintain that balance. But after PA school, I um, I did I fell in love with the ER. I did all of my elective rotations with that same ER group. I was very fortunate that my program allowed that to take place. And then I was hired by that same ER group to work with them uh, my first uh, period of time out of PA school. So the ER was crazy, and I loved it. I loved every single thing about it. I covered the busy nights, the holidays, the weekends, and it was perfect until I had kids. <laughs> and then I realized that I also really, really loved my kids, and I wanted to be able to spend some time with them. And the words from Ferris Bueller's from his movie was, were so right because it kept popping into my head. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You might miss it. And so I felt that I was trying to balance. I was trying to pivot. I tried a different job. I tried a different shift. I kept adjusting, but nothing really felt right for us. And really what I came to realize is that I needed a reset. I really needed to just have the opportunity to push a reset button. I knew what I wanted to have the perfect work-life balance. I wanted to have more time with my kids because when I was at home, I felt guilty for not picking up shifts. When I was at work, I felt guilty for not being with my kids. Maybe that's just a mom thing. We kind of like forever live in this state of guilt. But I, what I wanted felt unattainable. And it wasn't until I realized that if I keep waiting until everything is perfect and it looks just right and I've set everything up and I'm 100% ready, we would never go and travel and do and be. And so there, I think there's another quote, uh, Jen Sincero quote. I'm pretty sure she's the one that said, if you're serious about changing your life, you'll find a way. And so I did. I just said, this is important to me. I want to have a chance to travel and just see what we can do. So I talked to my supervisor, my clinical supervisor and the scheduler and all of that and said, 
how can we do this? How can we make this work? And I moved into a PR in position so I could stack my shifts. Over a six-week period, I could stack all of my required shifts at the end of one six-week period and then the beginning of the next six-week period. So I could work a week or two straight, and then I could be gone for almost 12 weeks in a row, uh, which was really, really a neat thing. And so we traveled. We, um, My kids, when they were, let's see, we started when my son was four and my daughter was six, and then we traveled over the course of two years the year before COVID and yes, some into COVID. We were international the year before and then we stayed more domestic the first year um, into COVID. But I asked them actually a little bit ago as I was getting ready to, to call you guys and I said, what is it that you remember about some of our trips? And it is so fun because everything that they described and their memories were centered around animals and food. <laughs> they <laughs> marked all of our travels in a puppy dog that they met or a horse that they got to help take care of or sheep that were in a pasture or in England we did some house sitting and we walked out of the cottage through the gardens and there was a little idyllic country path that just passed through acres and acres of farmland and the entire path was lined with raspberries and blackberries and there were fig and quince and there was an apple orchard that you walked through and so you could just walk out the door and eat snacks and those were the moments that I had longed for and was trying to reach for and make happen because I wanted to spend purposeful intentional time with my kids with my family and then be able to kind of sort through and pull back in and decide what else is important just like when we traveled we went with just backpacks each kid had a backpack and i had a backpack and that's all we took for our time in europe and we went through multiple seasons we went through all different kinds of crazy weather and as we're there i'm thinking oh my gosh if i can do this much without all of my stuff do i really need all of those other things that are at home it's just crazy when you really think about it that is amazing. And yes. I truly believe that one of the greatest gifts you can ever give your kids is the gift of travel. And I love what you're doing. Where are some of your favorite places that you've taken them? I think Europe, England was very fun because one, we spoke the language <laughs> <laughs> and it was easier. My husband stayed at home. He doesn't really like to travel. And so my kids and I did all of this uh, by ourselves. So taking two young kids through international airports, through train stations, you know, exposure to all different kinds of food and things of that nature. It was much, much easier as a mom in that situation to be able to speak the language. So um, England was super fun. We did house sitting while we were there. That's what made it affordable also. I don't know if any of your listeners might be interested in traveling, but that trustedhousesitters.com is a resource that we used. We set up a profile and we were interviewed for this um, house sit in England and it was a an incredible experience. We have, we've been house sitting several other opportunities uh, as we have traveled, but we also had fun in Canada. We were there for Canada Day one, uh, one summer, and that was a lot of fun to be there for their celebrations and to see their um, patriotism and to take part in some of their historical celebrations and to go to some of their parks and that kind of thing too. So we just, we traveled, we went, we experienced, we met the locals, we didn't do the touristy thing. So it was, it was really, really a fun experience. And I think we would like to go back again. They asked me today when I was asking 
asking them questions about what they remembered. They said, oh, my gosh, are you planning our next trip? <laughs> so they're ready to go. Uh, listen, that is such a powerful story. I absolutely love that because you said, like, hey, I'm going to go. This is something I want, something I'm passionate about. Yes, I have to work, and yes, I'm a mom, and yes, I have these other obligations, but I want to do it because you're right. You do make time for the things that are really important to you. And I agree that sometimes you, you turn around and you realize like, wow, COVID was two over two years ago. Like where has the time gone? So I'm just so impressed yeah. that you were able to, you know, just pack up and go. And, and as you said, like all this stuff that we have, all these material possessions, all those type of things, like we don't actually need that. Like what you need, you can fit in a backpack, right? And you can take your kid's hands and you can go to a train station where you don't know anybody and speak the language. And I think that that is really amazing. And I've heard a lot of PA stories and about what they've done with the career. And that is one of my favorite ones I've ever heard because it just, it's so powerful. And the fact that you wanted this for your kids and for your family and just one of the time. And I absolutely love that. Oh, well, thanks. Well, we have loved it. And I think every everybody and every life story has phases that uh, that they go through, right? And so for us, that phase and that season was perfect for us. And we will enter that again right now. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, I'm sure. But right now where we are, we can't just get up and travel and be gone for weeks and weeks at a time. But we love those two years that we spent. And really, we're looking towards how can we make that happen again because it was such a good experience. And on that note, what are you doing now? So now it's interesting that you say that because after after traveling, I realized, okay, I can do anything. <laughs> I can do this and we can make this work. What do we want the next thing to be and to look like? And when you're passionately chasing after your dreams, and for me, a big thing has always been in a phrase that my kids hear me say, and some people that uh, know me probably get annoyed because I say it so much, is what makes you feel alive? Or what is it that really ignites that fire in your soul? And you need to chase after that passionately. And so for us, as we were traveling, as we were walking out the back door of that English cottage, just eating things as we went along, realizing everything had been stripped away, what was important, we wanted to be able to come back to the States and create that life for ourselves here so we didn't feel like we needed to leave and travel and go overseas to get that same that feeling that meaningful connection and just like reading adventure is a whole series of meaningful connections and things that fall perfectly into place and we have to just take advantage of them and so really my husband grew up on a 250-acre Black Angus cattle farm in Western North Carolina. And then, of course, I grew up, as I said, in Boston, Massachusetts. And so somewhere our worlds collided, and we realized that we wanted to bring our kids into nature-bonded connections and be able to appreciate eating seasonally, connections with local food systems, the importance of community and what that looks like in our uh, locale here in Western North Carolina. And so naturally, we bought a farm. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're very involved in the local food scene and what that means for our family. And we named it Inspira Homestead. Now, Inspira is a Latin verb that uh, roughly translated means to breathe life into, to excite, inspire, or instill. And this is what I felt while working in the ER. It's what I felt when I met my kids for the very first time and started learning them and uh, becoming their mom. It's what I felt traveling 
and it's what I feel now here with my family on our homestead as we are working on making this uh, our little slice of paradise or our happy place. Yeah, you know, I love that. My parents uh, bought a farm when they moved back to the United States. And uh, that's like the exact opposite of traveling because you really are, you know, tied down, especially if you have like a large farm or animals or things like that. So I love the fact that you're like, I'm still experiencing those same experiences. I'm still looking at the world with wonder. Um, I'm just doing it in a different way because you're right. We do have different phases in life and things do change. So anybody who is interested in maybe creating their best life, especially maybe through the PA profession, um, can you give any tips or advice on people who are really kind of looking to capture that magic? Sure. So I would say, let's see, I would say just like in nature, because I keep bringing everything back to nature and I love spending time, uh, is the strong and adaptable will, th will thrive. So yes, any plant can survive, right? Like we can see grass growing through cracks on the sidewalk, but really it's the plants or the animals in nature that learn how to respond to a change and develop appropriate skills, whether that's coping skills or what that may be. But the strong and adaptable will thrive on a farm, in nature, in PA school, because there are constantly going to be challenges thrown at you and how you handle those and process them because it's more than just taking it in and burying it deep and not dealing with it. It's realizing what your response is to that, dealing with it, appropriately categorizing it if you have to until you can go back to kind of deal with it again. But it is a it is an excellent introduction to emotional intelligence should we choose to uh, go down that road and open that can of worms. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so much wisdom, so much wisdom. I would say there's probably one more thing I would say is that along the way, regardless of where you are and how old you are and what your history and your story has been, is make connections and build alliances because those things will consistently come back to either haunt you or work for you in the future. Because if you can collect all of those individual people, projects, philanthropic efforts, everything along the way, you're going to come out not only a better person, but a better connected person who will be able to move with more fluidity through um, through life as you have other twists and turns that kind of come your way. And again, it goes right back to never stop chasing your dreams. What is it that makes you come alive and follow that passionately? Oh, you're speaking our language. Yes, that's like a <laughs> mic drop right there. It is <laughs> so true. Oh, my goodness really is an amazing journey and we absolutely love to see people you know find their passion I think half the fun is like trying to find it right um trying all these different things and figuring out what you're passionate about and then being able to indulge yourself in that passion because I think as adults sometimes especially as professionals we sometimes lose what we're passionate about and you can ask you know friends or coworkers, like what do you guys do for fun and, and you know they're like oh, I don't know that I actually do anything anymore and especially I think as parents too because a lot of times it comes all about the kids and so I love the fact that you, you know, you, you still hold on to your passions tight and yeah, it's hard sometimes to make time for it. But as you said before, you know, you make time for the things that matter. Absolutely. And I think you're so right because oftentimes people will say and ask a question, what do you do? Or, you know, what is it that's your career? And I am a PA, but that's not what defines me, you know, and to be able to say that I am a PA, I enjoy being a PA because it helps me create the life that I want, but there are so many other things about me that are, you know, more interesting or contribute to and create a, a more complete picture. It's just kind of like when you look at all the different components that are in a, in a society, the whole community 
weaves itself together with golden threads and different colors to create the whole tapestry. And it's not just an eye in any of these or just the PA or just the PA school, but it's all of these things together. Yeah. So being able to remember our passion and, and what got us here is so important. You're right. Amber, this has been so amazing. We have one final question. Dun, 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 I'm ready. Who is Amber when the white coat comes off? Okay, let's see. I am human. I make mistakes, but I try to be authentic as I go. I'm so thankful to my family and friends who supported my journey, and I'm happy to be a PA. I honestly feel at peace with my decision. 15 years, many of them have been bumpy and rocky, but it's a good place, and I'm happy to be I'm happy to be me. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your journey, sharing your story. I'm just really inspired myself, and I know our listeners will be as well. Um, thank you again for everything. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, Katie and Beth. Have a good evening. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are so happy to connect with you and share our passion of the PA profession. Don't forget to go to the show notes and join our super fun Pacers membership so you can start making your CASPA application more competitive today with virtual shadowing hours, coaching sessions with us, and so much more. Also in the show notes, we have a free download, an Excel PA school record keeper that mimics CASPA format, meaning you keep all of your shadowing hours, patient care experiences, volunteer information, awards you have received, leadership roles, and the loads of other information you need to apply to PA school in one place. So you can copy paste into CASPA when you go to apply. Get it in the show notes. Have a great day and we will see you at the next episode. Keep up the awesome work.